Welcome to the ADS Podcast. This is where we talk about all things audience development for the arts related. Join us for discussions about audience building tips, ideas, concepts, and philosophies with sometimes brought in special guests. And now, here's your latest podcast for you. Hi, this is Shoshana from Audience Development Specialists, and today I want to go through what I have listed as the top 10 reasons why arts organizations struggle. And this morning I woke up and I had a feeling that I needed to purge. I have um, been in arts administration since 1997, and um, I felt it was time to share what I am seeing out there with all the different organizations I have worked with and just making sure that I'm taking notice of what arts organizations are doing over the years. And I've come up with a list of the top 10 reasons or reasons why I feel that arts organizations are struggling today. So let's start off with the very first one, and it's an important one. And the very first one is there is not a team mentality. I am feeling that we are still stuck in the age of people having finite definitions of their role in the organization. So you have marketing, you have development, you have the executive director, you have the board, and all of these are separated by those roles. And there's not enough fluid motion between the roles that are happening. Now, I know this is getting a little better. Some organizations are blurring the lines a little bit more. But I'm feeling that it's still getting an audience is solely resting on the shoulders of the marketing person or getting money is solely resting on the development person. And in this day and age, we need this team mentality where everybody is part of the program. So everybody should be spreading the word and trying to build audiences. Everybody should be uh, kind of soliciting for donations at this point. It needs to be more of a team structure. So what would it look like with a team structure? I tell you, I've had a few organizations, um, especially working with community groups, that blur the lines because every hand is on deck to sell tickets or they're on deck to try to find the next sponsor or things of that nature. And when they have that team mentality, the energy goes up in that organization and magic happens. So instead of just sticking with the the same old, same old role system that we've had over the years, it's time to blur the lines a bit and have everybody pitch in like everybody's putting on this show. Everybody is finding funding. Everybody is producing. Everybody is, is part of finding the energy and the people power in order to make things happen. So that team mentality is very important. Number two, programming is not new and fresh. And this means that I am seeing a ton of recycled artists here, there, and everywhere. Just in my area alone, I keep seeing the same artist over and over. Maybe they go to different groups, but the same artist over and over. And within an organization, I keep seeing the same artist year after year after year. Now, some of these artists are awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. They deserve to be programmed more than once. But I think it would be great and if we programmed them, let them have a year or two off and get new people in and get new perspectives of music in or, or theater or dance in. It's time to 
have fresh programming and fresh ideas because one of the top reasons people go to see the arts and especially see the arts over and over is they want to experience something new. So if we're not providing that new newness, you might be losing some audiences there. And also, if you see the same old programming over and over again, you might lose new audiences too, because then they'll be like, oh, I can see them next year. That that person will probably be back. And it's kind of a, a catch-22 there. So um, even though it might be new to them, it's not really new to them because they keep seeing the same programming year after year. So they, why bother? Why bother going this year if it's going to be happening next year? So definitely programming needs to be new and fresh. And I also say that um, bringing in new choreographers, new commissioned music with, with new composers, living live artists that are happening right here and now, I think that is going to make a big difference too. So live in the new Create new and fresh programming because people want new and exciting adventures. Number three, not out into the community enough. So I am seeing that we are trying to create programming that brings more people in to our realm and collaborate with people that will bring more audiences into our realm. But I think it is time to take the, the goods on the road more and not only just inserting ourselves into different uh, places to do our artwork, but inserting ourselves into the community. How can we improve our communities? How can we be a solution to our communities? How can we be part of the community by taking a, a place in what's actually happening there? So one of the examples I always bring up is I once was in an organization that I discovered that there was a social cause that were doing bird houses and they were auctioning off bird houses from different groups and organizations in order to create momentum for their cause. And I thought, you know, why, why not build a music bird house and, and put it on into that, that place? So we're not creating music and we're not doing that, but we're inserting ourselves into the community and it's bringing more awareness of our organization, but it's also helping another part of the community. So we need to do more things like that where we're actually part of the community. So if there's a, a goofy bed race, I'm just thinking outside of the box here. If there's something out there in the community that people are taking a part of, you can be a part of it too. And it doesn't have to be just all about your organization, your music, your theater, your dance, your visual art, it can be about this social cause that you're being a part of and helping them out as well. And that's just going to, to make you seem somebody who's part of the community. Number four, we do not value ourselves and that goes along the lines of too many discounts and I'm seeing that we're trying to sell tickets. We're trying to do the butts and seats mentality, which is, uh, as you, if you've been following me for a while now, butts and seats is not the answer. It may be a facade that you put on to get as many people in the seats, but they're not going to be people that keep coming back if you treat them as a butt and seat. These are people. So um, we need to value ourselves in order for people to see us as being valuable as well. So what I'm saying is we need to make sure that we are valuing our art form, our offerings at the right price. 
We need to make sure, and that's why some arts organizations are struggling, is they're just giving it away. They're, they're just 50% off here, there, and everywhere. Um, I think the buy one, get one free mentality is definitely heading in the right direction. And I wrote a, an, a blog post about, uh, is the discount coming from love or fear? So this too many discounts and not valuing ourselves is a fear of not getting enough people in. And we need to kind of get that fear out of the way and, and really value ourselves again. And that's going to take a new mentality of saying we are worth it. We are worth the money. And that I think is going to bring a new energy to our industry if we start valuing ourselves. Number five, trying too hard to be a business or not trying to be a business. And this is along the lines of balancing the heart and brain of an arts organization. So sometimes I see arts organizations trying too hard to be business-like and they lose the heart. Meaning they forget, why are we really doing this in the first place? And inserting more of the heart into the organization, more of the artistic, creative part of the organization. And that means that the messages are falling flat. It's just too businesslike. It's like everybody else. It's, it's trying too hard to be that business oriented organization. And then on the flip side, there are arts organizations and artists that are running their business. Like it's all heart and they're not strategically planning and, and things like that. So there needs to be a balance of the heart and the brain of an arts organization. And that's one of the reasons why arts organizations are struggling. Number six, they do not have a strong brand or they have not defined their niche. And I see this all the time. So I see uh, artists and arts organizations that are just putting themselves out there without thinking through who they really are. And when they think through who they really are, then they will create messages and branding and, and communications that will show the world who they really are in order to attract the right people to them. Now, it's getting better. I have to say it is getting better that people are starting to sit down and do branding. But again, you don't want to fall into the trying too hard to be a business when it comes to branding and be all brain about it. When you do branding, your heart and your brain need to be a part of that process too. So again, we need to bring the balance of the heart and the brain to strong branding, but we really need to figure out who you really are in order to send that message out to attract the right audiences. So that is number six. Number seven, not enough evaluation. I am finding out when I work with groups that when I talk about evaluation and I talk about, well, do you know what happened this season? and things like that, there has not been an evaluation process at the end of each season in order to make things better. So um, making sure that you have that evaluation right after you do something, right after a performance, right after a season, and you define what works, what is not working, what is worth keeping and tweaking, you need to go through that process to put it into those three buckets of thinking. So that means that if something is really not working and it's not worth the time and energy, kick it to the curb. And this means you're going through every single line item on your budget, what is working, what is not, especially marketing people. Sit down and figure out what part of your marketing budget worked, what part of it isn't is like a dead end, 
and get rid of it so you free up money for the new and exciting things that you could be doing in order to get an audience. And that is audience development, which includes outreach programming, community orientation programming, things of that nature that do take a little bit of money and time. But if you get rid of all the stuff that's weighing you down, you will have the time and energy to do that. And um, you will have the time and energy to figure out better programming. Uh, kick to the curb programming that is not working. Even if you've been doing this program for years on end and it used to work, if it's not working now, get rid of it. Do something new and exciting that will work for your organization. So not enough evaluation and not enough using that evaluation to make better decisions. Number eight, gratitude attitude is not there. And this falls... Uh, on the side of following up and following through with your audiences and your donors and your volunteers, anybody who is giving you support, anybody who's giving you money, anybody who's giving their energy to your cause, this is a reason why arts organizations are struggling because I'm not seeing enough of that. Um, I'm not seeing enough of the thank yous right after the performances. And I know systems can be set up in order to do that automatically, but it's still not happening. The audience members are falling through the cracks. They're not being thanked right after the performance. They're not being asked to, to consider coming to a new event right afterwards. So that follow up and follow through, the gratitude attitude of them being there in the first place is not being messaged out. And same thing with donors. They're not being thanked properly. I'm a big component of thank before you bank, and I'm not seeing that all the time. So people need to be thanked, and they need to be thanked often, and they need to be thanked in different and new exciting ways. They need, they need to be thanked. So gratitude attitude is so important. And that if you just build a gratitude attitude, you have strong thank you programs for every facet of your organization. So your audience is being thanked, your donors are being thanked, your volunteers are being thanked, and they feel it. And that gratitude is is going to make a huge difference in your arts organizations because it's going to attract more support. Okay, can't say enough about that, but I'm going to move on. So number nine, not thinking about capacity. So when you're not, when you're not thinking about capacity, that means that in some ways, that means your heart is is really um, your heart and your brain of the business is going into overdrive, and you think that you need to do so many things in order to make things work, and um, you're not thinking about how that's affecting the people of the organization and how that's affecting the audience. So, for example. I had a season that was way over capacity that I had to deal with. And it was, I have to say, it was kind of a nightmare. And what happened was there was too much programming. There was too much to do in order to, to try to market every single facet of that season. And there was not enough help. So capacity was not taken into consideration for that season in order to make sense of everything, of how the business ran. So what happened is people got burnt out. There was too much for the audience to choose from, and that confuses the audience. There was just way too much of everything, and that made everything put into a confusion. Even the donors of that season were like, I don't know what to give to because you're just so scattered, and I don't know where my money's going to go anyway. And it was confusing for sponsors because there was no common... 
uh, theme to that season, and it, it was just way too scattered. So not thinking about capacity in the sense of programming, in the sense of people energy. And then what happens is because you're not thinking about capacity, you're taking people for granted. Now, I know in your hearts and your minds, you're not setting out to take people for granted, but that's what's happening. When you have something that's way over capacity, you're relying on people to get it done. And when there's not enough time and energy, and especially when they're not being paid for all of this, then people are going to burn out. And that's part of our industry, too, is there's a, a burnout syndrome in our industry where I'm seeing people only having their positions for a few years at a time, and then they jump to the next organization. So, I mean, it, it's not uncommon to see the marketing and the development person who especially uh, have to work hard in order to get the support for the organization that they're only in their position like maybe two, three years. And at that time they get burned out and they figured, oh, I need to do something new instead and find a place that doesn't take me for granted and find a place that is thinking about capacity. So I'm comfortable in my own skin and doing my own, what I can do for the organization and not being asked too much. I could go on and on about this topic as well, and, and maybe I will in the future, but not thinking about our capacity, which turns into taking people for granted, which turns into burnout in our, or, in our industry. And there are some people, I have to say, that I've been seeing that are so burnt out that they're abandoning the industry. And I've seen this time and time again. It's, it's starting to happen more frequently now where I notice a person who is so gung-ho in our arts industry and all of a sudden they decide, you know what, forget the arts right now. I'm going to go to a place that is going to pay me enough. I'm going to go to a place that does allow me to have the boundary of I'm, I'm going to work, you know, 40 hours or a little bit more, but I'm going to be able to have a life outside of it too. So we need to start thinking about capacity so we don't take people for granted and we make people happy again to be a part of the arts industry. All right, enough of that. I, I kind of purged on that one. Number 10, not getting to know and not listening to your audiences. So this is about getting to know your audiences, listening to your audiences to transition into a partnership mentality. I'm not saying that we're not getting better at this, but I still see a lot of arts organizations program and do things without thinking about the audience. And this comes down to marketing, it comes down to programming, it comes down to every facet, even do donors, uh, not taking into consideration their viewpoints. And I think that's hurting us a lot. Now, I'm not saying that we need to kowtow to the audience, but I am saying that we do need to listen to them because they are a big part of our equation. If you want our audiences to be happy, if you want them to be interested in what we are doing, we have to be interested in their viewpoints and what they want to see and enjoy and, and see what happens in our organization. They are a part of this equation. So I do recommend more surveying and not like over surveying, but more surveying every three to five years, a, a big survey, more little surveys to find out little details about our members, more talking to our audiences, more talking to our donors and taking that into consideration. So for example, if you have a season on the table, if you have not yet asked 
what they want to see and hear. Who, who are their favorite composers? What are their favorite choreography types of uh, performances? What are their favorite uh, playwrights? What are their favorite topics? What are their favorite hobbies? Things of that nature, taking into that into consideration for collaborations. Getting their viewpoint is so valuable today. And that means that you can program with with heart and brain at the same time. And it's a balanced nature getting the audience in. So for example, if you find out that, um, like I keep bringing up this, this thought, but in, in my area, hiking is a big hobby. What types of programs can you do that combines hiking with music or hiking with theater? And I'm starting to see more of that happening. Um, or for example, you find out that you're, there's a certain percentage of donors that do not want their name in the program. Make sure their name is not in the program. And I, I see things like that falling through the cracks. Um, or for example, there may be some donors that want to be thanked in a certain way that if your organization can do that, then I would, I would say you need to start listening to how they want to be thanked. I know there's more on this topic that I could go, like every set of these point, this 10 point reasons why arts organizations are struggling could be a podcast within itself. But not getting to know and listening to your audiences is huge. Um, and I think that is a probably one of the very biggest reasons why arts organizations are struggling because we can't keep being the sole voice and thinking that we know what audiences want or our sole voice and thinking that I want to do this and it doesn't matter what they want. Um, we're doing this. So uh, if we really want arts organizations to thrive, it's time to bring audiences in as our partners. So that's the top 10 reason. I'm just going to rattle through them again so you have it fresh in your mind. Number one, there's not a team mentality. Number two, programming is not new and fresh and there's too many recycled artists going around. Number three, we're not out into the community enough, not inserting ourselves into the community. Number four, we do not value ourselves enough and that's why uh, major discounts are, are wreaking havoc on our arts organizations. Number five, we're trying too hard to be a business or not trying to be a business and we need to balance the heart and brain of our arts organizations. Number six, we do not have a strong brand or a niche defined. Number seven, not enough evaluation and follow through after that. Number eight, gratitude attitude is not there. Number nine, not thinking about capacity, which turns into taking people for granted, which turns into too much burnout in our industry. And number 10, not getting to know and listening to our audiences. So we are having a partnership mentality with our audiences. So there it is. There's the top 10 reasons why arts organizations are struggling. If you have any comments, questions, feedback, I'd love to hear it on this one. If you are experiencing that one of these reasons might be something you need to dive into, I want to hear that too. You can uh, send a voice message onto my Anchor profile and I can get back to you that way. Um, there's so many ways or you can go to buildmyaudience.com and contact me there. If you want to send me a direct email, it's ads at buildmyaudience.com. Again, this is Shoshana with Audience Development Specialists, and I hope you felt a little relief in getting this out of our systems and knowing that now that we know the reasons, we can now fix 
and come up with solutions and creative ideas to make sure that we are on the right path to improve our arts industry as a whole. Thanks so much. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you.